Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Now, I'd rather you didn't just sit there and watch us say it. I'd rather you said it, too, because it benefits you. Uh, faith will work when you speak and release things with your mouth, even when your head doesn't understand it. It's a principle of God. It's what He functions by, and it's what He has taught us to function by. So I'm, I'm going to say it again. I want everybody, everybody, say it out loud. Uh, my, my spirit is fed. My faith is growing stronger. I'm learning how to be an overcomer. Do you hear how positive that is? Not, well, I never get anything. I, I just, I can't understand all that. I don't, you know, the Bible is so complicated. I, nobody can really understand it. That's unbelief. And it's not true. Well, I just, everything's just so hard. It's just, I, I just don't know how. Stop it. Stop it. This is digging you a bigger hole. Faith even calls those things that be not as though they were. The scripture said, let the weak say, I'm strong. I'm strong. Well, if you're weak, you don't feel strong. You don't look strong, right? You're weak. You are weak. Why would he say, let the weak, you are weak, the weak say, I'm strong. You don't have to feel it to say it. You don't have to see it to say it. Amen. You don't even have to be it in the natural <laughs> to say it. You're saying it to change it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith-filled words change things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It'll change you. It'll change your body. It'll change your life. It'll change your finances. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your family. It'll change your children. Say it out loud, faith-filled words. Faith Change, things. Change things. Hallelujah. 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 Get your Bible, because that's where these wonderful words come from. Get your Bible, something to, make, something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom. Let's release faith for more of these. Father, thank you so much for light to live by, that you haven't left us in darkness and ignorance but that you've given us the light of life. Jesus is the light. Your word is the light. It's a lamp to my feet. It illumines and, and, and lightens and brightens the path that I'm on in life. And that path gets brighter and brighter. And I thank you for it. Open our eyes and ears and hearts and give us what we need today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you look please again in, in Matthew 17, continuing in our study of this healing of the, the so-called lunatic boy or son. Uh, 
recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And let's, let's continue in Matthew today, 17, verse 14. When they were come to the multitude, Jesus and Peter, James, and John, down from the Mount of Transfiguration, there came to him, to Jesus, a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falls into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. So he's not just talking about a few people that's there in front of him. He's talking about the whole generation of human beings on the planet. You know, the scripture said, when the Son of Man comes and returns, shall he find faith in the earth, revealing it is not prevalent. It is not everywhere. It's rare. It's precious, this thing called faith. And he, he's perturbed, if you will. He's irritated by it. One thing we said, he just came out of the glory. <laughs> he just came out of the glory. And now, back to this. Oh, faithless and twisted, messed up generation, how, how long shall I put up with you? How long shall I, I tolerate this? And Jesus, he said, bring him to me. Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, or Mark Luke called him unclean spirit. He rebuked that spirit. Now notice he didn't have a conversation with the spirit. He didn't plead with the spirit. He didn't argue with the spirit. He rebuked. He gave a command. He gave an order that had to be obeyed. And the spirit departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Went on and had a seizure-free, problem-free life, I guess. Whoo! Is this a miracle or is this a miracle? Why, the, why did the Lord have it recorded for us? Does He want this to happen again in our time? In our generation? He wants it to happen in every generation. He never changes. His will never changes. So, even after Jesus comes down out from the glory, they, heard, they just heard the audible voice of God read out of the sky. He just had a conversation with Moses and Elijah. He just had the glory light up his clothes like he's wearing an electric light. And yet, some people might think, well, I mean, out of glory like that, you don't have to mess with anybody. You just come down and just fix things. Mm -mm. First thing he does is start talking about faith. Do you think this is remarkable? This is notable. Huh? After all of that, still what the Lord says, faithless. That's the problem. Faithless. He rebuked the spirit. The spirit left the boy. The boy is delivered and healed. Did you hear the, that phrase? Delivered 
and healed because he's delivered from the thing that was causing the problem. Once that was gone, then he can heal up, delivered and healed. And then the Bible said, uh, verse 19, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and they said, why couldn't we cast him out? So obviously they tried. The man said they did, right? So they obviously, and they, they, maybe they gave it what they considered their best effort. And the reason why it was uh, perplexing to them is because they have been doing it successfully in town after town. We saw Luke 9. They'd been doing this. They'd been casting out spirits. They'd been ministering healing to people. And it's been working, 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 working. And in here today, it didn't work. This is where so many unscriptural doctrines got started. Good people, sometimes specially called and chosen and anointed people, prayed and it didn't work. They went through the motions that they had done and got results before and it didn't work. This has happened years ago. It's happened hundreds of years ago. It's happened in more recent times with, with leaders. And so instead of going to the Word and getting the answer, instead of humbling yourself and saying, Lord, what, what happened here? Why, why couldn't we get the results? Whole doctrines have been developed. Well, in this case, it just wasn't the will of God. For some unknown, mysterious reason, uh, God is doing something through this and he's teaching them something and there's a higher purpose and there's just things going on that you and I wouldn't understand. No, how about because of your unbelief? How about that? How about that? Where do we ever see Jesus? Ever. Telling people, well, it was, it's just the mysterious unknown will of God and God working out things in you for a higher mysterious unknowable. No, no, that's men's wrong ideas that they developed when somebody prayed and it didn't work. Somebody tried something and they didn't get the results and instead of showing some honesty and humility, and recognizing I came short today, they want to blame God. How many realize that's arrogance? That's haughtiness. Ignorance, at the least. No. Let's stay with the Word. I mean, these guys have had the best training you can get. Right? It wasn't just some wild-eyed preacher that sent them to cast out spirits. It was the head of the church. Jesus, right, authorized them. We saw it in Luke 9, 1 and 2. Jesus gave them power and authority over all demons and unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. Matthew says that. Luke says that. And he sent them out. And they went and they did it. It's happening. But today... They said it and it didn't work. They did it and it didn't happen. 
And so, Lord, what's the problem? He said, unbelief. Unbelief. We need to keep this in our thinking. Hmm? Do not try to make it into something it's not. Right? Don't try to get mystical. Don't try to get deep. What? <laughs> Why didn't it work? Doubt. 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 <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, doubt. Unbelief. That's it. Too little faith. Now, if we're thinking right, that's not, you, you don't just get insulted and indignant when you hear that. You would readily recognize it. Have you always talked faith every day of your life? Don't lie, class. Huh? Have you ever listened to the wrong thing? Huh? Yielded to some wrong feelings? Yeah, it's all around you. You have to do something to keep it out. If you stop resisting it, here it comes. It's all around you. Can you hear what, hear what Jesus is saying about the whole generation? Faithless. Faithless. Messed up generation. How long am I going to put up with you? So this is what we should every day be on guard about. On the watch for. And not judging each other, but judging ourselves. Right? Listening to what we're saying. And not get defensive and indignant if somebody implied that we might not just be 100% fully persuaded faith about this. All you got to do is examine yourself. How you been talking about it? What have you been saying? What have you been doing? Full faith, strong faith is fully persuaded faith. Can you say amen? Unbelief can be because of ignorance. It can also be just because of stubbornness. Stubbornness. Go with me to John 20, please, and notice this. I'm against unbelief. How about you? Huh? I'm on a crusade <laughs> to, to get rid of it. To stamp it out. You know where I'm starting? In my house. Right? I'm, what about you? What about you? I'm on, I can't control what everybody else thinks and does. But I, I need to start with myself. And always be on the watch. And realize that any day of the week. If these guys. They were around the best. They were taught by the best. They were trained by the best. And they slipped up that day. And if they can do it. You could do it. Or I could do it. But we don't have to. And even if we do, we can recover. Amen. I said we can recover. Amen. In John, the 20th chapter, when we see Jesus' irritation at unbelief, I'm not saying it kept him up at night, but when he encountered it, he didn't like it. You can see that, can't you? He really didn't like it. And he actually upbraided, is the word, his own closest disciples about it. He reproved them 
And he was straight and strong with them about this numerous times. In John 20, um, after Jesus has gone to the cross, after he has been raised from the dead, John 20, 24, Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Some of them had seen the master after he was raised from the dead. Thomas was not one of those that saw him. The other disciples therefore said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, is there anything positive about that? Anything redeeming about that? Anything intelligent about that? No. And yet, have other people done that? What is that? It's unbelief. It's doubt. But it's not doubt because of ignorance. This is being unpersuadable. And this is what Hebrews called, in chapter 3, evil heart of unbelief. Evil is bad. What does that mean? Well, you know, Thomas, I'm sure, is a good guy. I'm, we'll meet him one day. Don't bring this up. <laughs> don't go, oh, it's doubting Thomas. Don't. You don't want people doing that to you, right? So don't do it to him. It may be a long time since he's doubted. <laughs> he made a mistake and the Lord had it recorded for us. Because <laughs> he wants us to learn from Thomas's mistake. But Thomas is a good guy. The Lord wouldn't have picked him. Right? He's got a lot of good redeeming qualities about him. But just like the guys that failed and came short that day on ministering that boy, this day... He came short. I don't know what he was thinking or listening to earlier that morning or the day before. They were shaken over Jesus being taken and crucified and all that. They, they were shaken. But uh, when these, these others come that he knows and trusts and they say, we've seen the Lord. Could he have believed that? Huh? Could he have believed that? Tell me what faith is. Choice. Faith's a choice. Could he have said, you've seen the Lord? We saw him, man, I'm telling you. Just like I'm looking at you, I saw him. Should this have been a shocker to them? No, the Lord told them. He went into deep, didn't he? He went into detail with them about how he's going to be you know, offered up and, and uh, sacrificed and Three days in the heart of the earth like Jonah and the third day going to rise. He had told them all this. I said he had told them all this. Now when people you know and love and trust come and tell you it happened. I'm telling you. He has risen. You got every reason to believe. From the history, what led up to this, the people that are telling you this. Trust the Lord. He told you it was going to happen. Right? And yet, he gets adamant. 
Do, do you hear this Adam being adamant, this stubbornness? It, did, did you see the last phrase, chapter 25? What's the last phrase? I will, I will not. <laughs> unless I can see, unless I can feel, he's being a, a man of science today, a man of proof. Huh? I need physical evidence. I mean, he took this stance of, unless I see him myself, and even that's not good enough. I got to see his hand where the hole is, because I knew they put that spike through, uh, through his hand, they made that hole. Even that's not good enough. I got to put my finger in that hole. <laughs> really? And I know they stuck that spear in his side, and, and so I'm going to have to see that. And I'm going to have to put my hand actually up in there. I'm going to have to. Or I will not believe. Well, <laughs> he got a chance to, uh, <laughs> to do all this. Verse 26, after eight days again, Jesus' disciples were within. Thomas was with them that time. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. How many believe they didn't just hear it, they felt it? And he didn't, he didn't open the door and come through. He was just there. Because <laughs> the doors were shut, and I, I, maybe the implication is also locked, you know, I don't know, but it didn't matter. There he is. <laughs> and peace. How many think this is a big deal? Is this a big deal? Oh, man. Imagine being there. And then he said, Thomas. I know Thomas is going, oh, no. <laughs> Thomas. Yes, sir. Come here. Give me, give me your finger. <laughs> is this a good thing? Come on, help me out. Uh-uh. Oh, this is correction. <laughs> Give me your finger. See my hand? See the hole? Okay, go ahead. Put your finger in there. <laughs> and, and give me your hand. Yeah, put it right here. You see that? You remember that? Okay, go ahead and put it up in there. Can you feel that? Don't be faithless, but believing. Do you hear that word again? That's the word Jesus went, ah, faithless. Somebody say, I don't like faithless. I don't, I don't like faithless. I'm against faithless. I'm against unbelief. I'm against doubt. Why? The Lord's against it. It actually irritates him because there is no justifiable reason for this. This is not being intelligent. This is being stubborn. This is being unpersuadable. What's he said? I'm going to have to see it. I'm going to have to feel it. Or I will not believe. Well, you, you're being quick to doubt. Your initial response is I doubt and then I doubt some more. And maybe you could prove it to me, but you probably have to give me some more proof. And then I'll see. If I would. That's, that's not being intelligent. That's being disrespectful. 
It's being rebellious and stubborn, ignorant and foolish. What did Jesus say? Don't be faithless. Thomas? How many think he loved Thomas? Still does. But Thomas was wrong when he said that and did that. Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. (laughs) Does he believe now? Finally. It's late though. Right? Finally. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen, you've believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blessing is not in the seeing. Having to have it proved to you a hundred different ways and then you finally concede when it's obvious to everybody. No, there's no honor in that. There's no blessing in that. The blessing is when you know in whom you have believed and if he said it, that's all you need. Is that right? If he said it, you're going to instantly show respect and you're going to be quick to believe and quick to trust, not everybody, but him. But him. Isn't that what the Lord said about the centurion? When he said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. He said, that's all I need. All I need is an order from you. And the Lord said, I hadn't seen faith like this in the whole country. Just the opposite of that old faithless and perverse. (laughs) Right? Who are you going to be like, class? Huh? Are you going to be like this centurion and have that strong faith and that great faith? Are you going to trust the Lord immediately and trust Him fully? Somebody say, Lord, Lord, I trust you you quickly quickly and completely completely because you are faithful faithful and worthy worthy of my trust. Hallelujah. Our time's up again for today. Come back with us uh, next week. Come back with, with us. We've just getting into this. We'll see you in Faith School. Guys, I've really enjoyed being with you again this week in Faith School. Our faith is growing. I know many of you are partners with us already. If you're not and you want to be, there's information on the screen there. But believing with our partners now, faith works the same in every area. You know, Jacob one time said, uh, he said, all these things are against me. You don't want to talk like that. You want to speak what the Word says in Romans 8, God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Don't talk about all your financial problems, your lack your woe. Said out loud with me, God is for me. God is helping me. Things are working for me. Things are coming together for me. I'm paying every bill. I'm paying off every debt. I'm coming out in Jesus' name to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Talk faith. Walk faith. Declare faith. Decree faith. And it will affect your finances. It'll affect the material realm of your life. Thank you again for being such support of us and and praying for us and believing with us and helping send this broadcast around the world. 
Come back again next week. we got a lot more to get into. We'll see you again soon right here at Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.